welcome to the current installation of the House 94 podcast. Uh, man, tonight we got another special guest. Um, it's always a pleasure and, uh, you know, it's a blessing to get our Spellman colleagues, our, our classmates, actually, uh, to join us. And tonight we're joined by the lovely Malika Dowdell. Um, Malika's a 24-year marketing veteran who first fell in love with marketing during her coursework at Spelman College, our beloved Spelman College, and, uh, and then for the further coursework at the uh, University of Chicago Booth School of Business, which is right over there. Um, it's just, uh, just north of Wakanda here, uh, where she received an MBA with a concentration in marketing. Uh, she stands apart as a marketer because of her ability to implement creative, game-changing solutions while ensuring high-quality implementation in the marketplace. While the majority of her career has been focused within the packaged goods space in roles at Philip Morris, Miller Brewing Company, Coca-Cola, PepsiCo, um, and PepsiCo, she has also enjoyed the opportunity to serve others in roles in the nonprofit space. Now, with the Boys and Girls Club of America um, in public service with the city of Atlanta. Ms. Dowdell has been recognized by Creative Media Awards, uh, MSN, and Mix Awards for excellence in marketing and research program development. Currently, Ms. Dowdell is a founder of DNA Marketing, which I assume to hope soon will uh, be a customer of, uh, which is a boutique marketing firm that specializes in supporting the marketing needs of small businesses. So with that, welcome to the House 94 podcast. Can't wait hey, to uh, hey. hear a little bit more about your story. Hello. It's so good to be here. Thank you guys for the invitation. I really, really appreciate it. So thank you. Thank you. you want me and to this tell is you a little tea, bit by the way. This is tea. Yes, please. Like I have water my with my cup that says I'm a black woman. What's your superpower? So I came in here ready, ready to hang out. Hey, before you start, I just got my wife a new cup that said, um, fuck it, I'll do it. Signed, black women. <laughs> I mean, y'all, I'm I love it. It, it, but it's real. <laughs> uh, there's a there's a collective that's been meeting that's behind, like they were behind the email that was sent to Joe Biden to get Kamala on the ticket. It's got mm. all of the DNC, like heavyweight black women. And I joined the call on November 7th, which was the day or November 8th, which was the day after the election was declared. But when I tell you these women moved mountains for January 5th to get, to get Warnock and Ossoff, the amount to seeing this organization, I mean, we know we do it all. We know we put it on our shoulders. But to, to see, like, you know, no, no titles, no hierarchies, just like, go get it done. Like, mm. that, is, that is what's mm. in our DNA. So shout out to Black women and all of our magic. Anyway, that was my Big props. Yeah. <laughs> Girl magic. Black. Well, wait, no, let me ask you one quick question before you get started. When you say that magic, does the term Black Girl magic, does that, is that offensive to you? Because the, the whole saying, you know, Black Girl magic? Because I love that term. No. But what do you think is a black woman? It's okay. I I love it, and I have three nieces, and they are very well versed in their magic as black That's girls. You know, I, it, I, I don't I don't I don't hate it at all. Do people hate it? No, I mean, <laughs> but but people, it's the way you use it. If you use girl, like like I think. It's hard to use girl nowadays when you it's, are. Yeah, it struck me the other day when I was thinking about it. When I was reading the yeah. bio, and I'm like, man, this is black girl magic right here. And I'm like, wow, why we got? Why she got to be a black girl? But you know, I just wanted to ask because that came just came into my mind the other day because I they got a t-shirt shop over here in uh, Wakanda. It sells those, and I was actually gonna get one. And they were like, I'm like, yeah, you got a black girl magic in the 4X. And they like, what? <laughs> 
I'm like, I'm supporting that. And of course, Spelman is the birthplace of Black Girl Magic. But I'll I was shut up. Say, I was going to say, <clears> that's that's an important fact that that's the birthplace. Yeah, it is indeed the birthplace. But I think we need to inspire all, all young women, all young ladies, all Black girls to understand, know, and walk in their magic. So, no, 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 that is not offensive. Well, and, and, and we just don't need to address you, you all as a girl, right? We just need to be. Well, yeah, we ain't doing that. I would just say black girl, man. Yeah, yeah. This is what we're, talking, we're talking about right the there. term, right? Oh, okay, yeah. Whole, yeah. Whole, 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 I just want to be clear. Phrase. You know, yeah, we, yeah. we want to be respected otherwise as the powerful exactly. women that we are. But but that right. term and applying that term to ourselves. You get a pass that. on that. Yeah. <clears throat> All right, okay. so Except back to your story. We'll shut the fuck up. Back to your story. <laughs> no, <laughs> this is good. This is a good conversation. Um, yeah. yeah, you know, I, we all, you know, left, left our beloved alma maters in 94. I went to grad school straight, straight from Spelman. Um, I thought I wanted to be in the music industry, actually. And the universe was like, man, you ain't, you, that is not what you're supposed to be doing, right? So I had the connections that I needed to have, the hookups, nothing, like nothing came to fruition. Nothing came of it. So I soon came to realize that that was the right thing um, for me. I, I wasn't the, that right person. Um, so I ventured into the career uh, in marketing and I am really blessed because I love, I really love marketing every day. Like I am lucky to have chosen a career early on that I, that I love every day. Um, worked with um, packaged good com- companies along the way. I've done everything from, um, you know, social responsibility at Philip Morris, um, which people laugh at all along. But say, what's that mean? <laughs> so I Smoking tails? So, so I was living in Brooklyn, walking past Brooklyn Tech every day, literally, and would watch the kids smoking. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is terrible. Like, I'm adding to this. And then that's right when all of the AG settlements were happening. And so what mm-hmm. happened as a part of the AG settlements was that um, we had to spend a certain amount of money telling kids not to smoke. And as a young person in the organization, I got tapped to go over there. And what that did for me actually, so they were spending as much money on that campaign as they spent marketing the Marlboro brand, right? It, everybody, everybody laughs, it's, you know, it, it, it's counterintuitive. It makes sense though. It, it, it's, it actually <laughs> crazy like a fox, right? I mean, what, but it was also like, we had to, that was part of like what we had to do at the time. But for me, <laughs> cigarettes were not allowed to be marketed on television. So everybody in there was doing print advertising, um, et cetera. But when I went over there, we were developing ads. So I was, you know, the baby of the bunch went over there. And so I cut my teeth as a marketer, like making two, two campaigns at one time, you know, flying out to Cali, working with the best directors in the business. So it was, it was you know, a strange situation that from a career perspective, uh, ended up serving me. And after that, I couldn't go back into the tobacco business. Um, mm. So from there, you know, just because you found it repugnant or you, you just. No, I couldn't like in because I had gained I had amassed knowledge about the behavior of children, mm. and oh, right. how to market to children. So there was a firewall up for that. And so I went into corporate affairs. So I um, I worked. Wait, can I stop? Like, yeah. Can I ask you a question real quick? Absolutely. And if you can't talk about it, just tell me we can't. But in that process, because <laughs> it seems like, you know, they're such a good marketing organization and they've got so much, so much firepower. Did their ads get to the point where they're like telling you not to smoke, but telling you to smoke? No. 
So it was on a like straight up like we don't want kids smoking. We're yes. trying to push the smoke away, smoking away from the kids and move it up to the 18 and up demographic. Yeah. And we had every kind of you better believe we had every kind of regulator checking our ads. <laughs> we had to test them. We had to submit the results of the test. So even if we oh, wanted okay. to do that, uh, even if we wanted to do that. So like, you had to focus group kids basically to see if they were like, ooh, you know. Yeah, we had folks. They said, like, don't smoke, I don't smoke. Well, you know, that was part of though, that was part of the the issue. Cause when you tell kids not to do something, right, it becomes like more cool for them to try to figure out how to do it. So that was part of just understanding um, that behavior. Um, so it was interesting, you know, did that for a couple of years and then, you know, moved over to, you know, the, the black, the black folks, uh, corporate affairs. So worked with black organizations to give them money. Um, that was, uh-huh. If we go back a little bit, just uh, that experience you, you've gained working with the, the tobacco, <clears throat> you said you have to think out the box on how you're marketing. In uh, that role, were you, what was your role in there? Were you just playing the back and learning or were you up in the front pitching and how did that uh, later on contribute to you? For the youth your, smoking your prevention? Career. For the youth smoking yeah. prevention part? I was, there were two of us. It was my boss and I in marketing. So I actually was pretty hands-on normally, you know, in an organization of that size, if you're, you know, newly out of school, you're not that hands-on. Um, but I was knee deep in the research. And again, it was something that I was passionate about, which, you know, I, who knows what that means being at that company. Um, but I was passionate about it. Um, I was, again, I was at the shoots. I was sitting in the director's chair. I was, you know, telling people the shot. I was working on the casting. So all the things that you need to learn to do as a marketer, learning how to work with, with ad agencies. And that's something that throughout my career that mm -hmm. I've been complimented on is really understanding how to brief advertising agencies, how to give direction, you know, because it's a fine line of telling creative people what to do, right? So you have to be respectful of their creative vision while making them understand what, as a client, what you're looking for. Um, and so being able to, um, or having been able to do that early in my career kind of set me up for that success mm -hmm. that like, so when I went to Miller Brewing Company down the road, I was put in a role, a newly created role that was like just advertising. So that was for Miller, Miller Lite, Miller High Life, Miller Genuine Draft. And we just, all we did was cut ads. I was like, we need a, you know, an ad for, you know, X, Y, Z. They didn't have it. They didn't have a budget. They were like, just write a proposal. I wrote a proposal and they were like, here you know, here's money. So I was able to take that money. I hired a new black agency that was new on the scene, um, new in Chicago. I don't know if you know Ahmed Islam in Chicago, Carl. Mm. Um, but their agency was just just up and coming, got them on board with Miller Brewing Company. You know, as a, as a young agency, you're trying to get a big name, right? On and that's your, huge, your yeah. And so brought them in, was able to help nurture them. And, you know, they grew huge. They stayed with the company after I left. Um, so opportunities like that, I think, have, are, have been like the thing that has characterized my career. Um, so I was at Miller in Milwaukee. Who wants to be in Milwaukee? Had great, I had a great, great, I, it, was, it was not terrible, but, you know, Milwaukee. Um, yeah, I was, I was, I've, I've was, been to Milwaukee said, a few yeah, times. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Who wants yeah. to be in Milwaukee? Miller was my, was, was my favorite job. I had great mentorship. I, I learned a lot. 
Um, we had an entrepreneur program that I managed um, back then, which is interesting in terms Dang. of a full circle moment. So mm. we were giving money out back in 2003 to black to black urban entrepreneurs. It was called the Miller Urban Entrepreneurs Program. Um, yeah. And so, yep. No, I would. I was just going to ask. So, with uh, throughout your career working with different clients, different companies, uh, did do you have? You said you were passionate about marketing. Is it a custom recipe or process that you have when you uh, when you approach different clients, or is it something new? And the challenge is, is it a new challenge for you, or is it something that you come with your expertise or you try to put something together which way which one is it a little bit of both so okay you know i think depending on the brand and the makeup mm -hmm. of the brand each brand is different in how you build your relationship with your customers because that's mm -hmm. what marketing is it's relationship building at the end of the day and so different people want to hear you say different things to them and speak to you differently um, so when we were doing a Miller Lite campaign, we had a referee that was basically recreating the taste great, less filling debates, which was a really, you know, hugely popular ad campaign before we came mm -hmm. along. But like that, that Miller Lite versus Bud Light, that was something that, you know, the light beer drinkers wore on their chest. So they like to like go out and be passionate about my beer is the best beer. You know, when we talk <laughs> about, you know, selling the Sprite brand, which was where I went after Miller Brewing Company, I was talking mm -hmm. to, you know, black teams right and mm -hmm. and had lebron james so i i pitched directly to lebron james you know oh, and, wow. sold and sold in advertising to him and so really understanding okay what makes this guy great and how do we mm -hmm. connect him to our brand right and so mm -hmm. figuring out how to do that looks a lot different than the, than the light beer wars and so you have to take into account the things that you're pulling from each brand and create the synergy between each of them. Um, so for my company, I start with a framework that everybody goes through because we need to establish like, what is your brand? Like, what is mm -hmm. your brand foundation? So from that standpoint, everybody goes through that one particular process, but then that helps to inform me of, okay, this is what you need to do as far as next mm -hmm. steps to market your brand. So that's a framework that I developed, okay. you know, after all of these years of figuring it out for other brands. Shit, I need to sign a contract tonight. <laughs> is that what you call the brand deep dive? I'm excited. That is, yep, that's the brand deep dive. Yeah. So, and, and this is kind of like a segue with the with the innovative ways with technology and the new way of marketing. How have you adapted to? Because you've been in the game for twenty four years, right? In my, yeah, that was twenty four. Yeah. Yeah. So, how have you adapted to the new that is a way of marketing? That is an amazing question because at the end of the day, once, once you're going on a certain track, so if I'm, let's say I'm like the brand leader at Coke, I'm mm -hmm. probably doing things like in classic classical brand way. And they're, they're hiring in the new folks to do mm -hmm. the digital marketing stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And so you get to be almost 50 and you're like, Oh, wait a minute. Like if I want to change roles, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to mm -hmm. cut my teeth? So I have actually over the last few years as DNA is my main thing, I have found side projects that, so I can cut my teeth and learn and understand, you know, how mm -hmm. to do, you know, you know, email automation, automated marketing, you know, making sure that I can use those systems as well. And I can speak the language because a, I need to help educate 
my clients from a DNA marketing perspective, because they come in like, you know, how do, how do I tell people about myself? How do I, mm -hmm. how do I raise awareness? And there's a lot of different ways to do that. And there's some, some ways that are more cost-effective than others. But at the mm -hmm. end of the day, I would tell any marketer, like, just like, keep your chops up. Even if you have to, even if there's a role that's like a lateral move and it's not, you know, full upward progressing, that lateral move down the road will allow you to progress mm -hmm. further because you're taking the time to build your toolbox of skills. Because mm -hmm. if you go in there and you feel like, hey, I'm good, I'm always going to be good. That's a lie. Like that, mm -hmm. that, that is just not true because everything yeah. is changing over time. And so, you know, when I, I don't mm -hmm. know when I'm writing this book or what my book is about, but one of the chapters is called Stay Curious. Because if you are not a continuous learner, it's a wrap, right? Like you, you get left back there and everybody else is moving forward. So that's a great question. And it is so important, especially in marketing, because everything is moving to such a digital mm. space. I, I think that people rely too much on it and they don't understand the importance of creating really, really strong brand foundations. So I think that's something that I bring to the business versus just jumping into activation. It's like, let's mm -hmm. figure out the foundation of your brand first, because the best brands do that so well. I can name off a litany of brands for you that you yeah. know, Nike, Target, like if you think of like their brand execution, they are amazing brands without anything digital, right? Like you're I just, yeah, I mean, it, it, no, it's, 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 it's crazy how you say that. Like you said, Nike, and I think about Coke. I think we, we buy Coca-Cola because of the can, the way that can looks. And we can spot it. When you look down an aisle, you can spot Coke. It depends where you grew up, Chuck. Sprite. Depends where you grew up. Depends where you grew up. Mm -hmm. Yes. Depends so where you grew up. Up. If you grew up in an area that, where Pepsi was dominant, Pepsi. you would have thought about Pepsi like that. I grew up in the okay, South. Okay, but, but, but Atlanta, the can. Coke, you know, mm -hmm. Well, I guess what I'm saying is it's the brand. The brand. And it's the brand in the geographic area that you came from. Because like I think, Lou, y'all drink Pepsi, right? In New York City. Yeah, anyway, um, Coke, I think, is dominant up there. I just remember but, seeing people when we got to yeah. Morehouse. I remember cool me and cool used to talk about this shit. Like, he's like, niggas, like, motherfuckers drink Pepsi? Jesus, what? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I was on Coke. I, like, I was straight up Coke, man. And then yeah, I, had yeah. great, I had the great pleasure of being at a meeting at Pepsi in, in uh, Plano, Texas. And I asked the motherfucker to bring me a Coke. <laughs> <laughs> And I never tell about it. <laughs> nah, but it, it's just—it's just—it's just crazy because Coke doesn't really market the new way. They just—they do. They have to. They, they don't. Do, but but, not, but how, how do they do it? How do they do it? Do they got an IG page? Hey, dog, he's 60 years old. They're not marketing to you. You're not trying to grab me on that. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Would, I, got question, I got a question. I got a question. I got a question to piggyback on 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 the on the innovation, like. You know, like everybody's talking about this Facebook marketing, you know, email us out, everybody text messaging, they kind of, you know, the, you know, the email is dying because everybody's email is, is, is being filled up. How do you select your clients to kind of keep your chops up? What, what, do, what do you do? You know what I mean? I know you select, you know, you say you select clients. How do you go about, you know, first of all, finding the clients and also to getting kind of transferring your skill set from classic to, I guess, this quote unquote new medium of, of, of marketing? So, you know, there are places, there are like gig sites, like, you know, kind of freelancer sites where you can go okay. find, and if they're looking for kind of, you know, they'll take someone that's, 
you know, maybe, you know, an intermediate level digital marketer or whatever, and go in, figure that out. You t- I tell them like, this is, this is where I am. This is my skill set, but I I'm bringing this to the table. So you're kind of getting two for the price of one. And so that's how, you know, get to learn the tools. I do a lot of self-study as well, you know, so, mm. you know, HubSpot has amazing self-study. I don't know if you're familiar with that tool. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn has self-study. There's so many mm-hmm. platforms where you can go get certifications on very, like many different things. So there's the yeah. studying part and then there's actual implementation. And so I do both of that, like always, just always trying to learn. Um, and then, you know, I think it's interesting because to me, I think Clubhouse, I was asking you guys about it earlier, is, an, is, is um, an example of this. But if you think about what Clubhouse is, it's really just a party line, right? Yeah, it's, it is. It is. It is. And so it is. it's just kind of things like we're, we got Zoom. We, we figured out this face-to-face communication. And the hot thing right now is a party line. And so yeah. that's why the, the digital thing is like it, you need to learn and understand it. You need to understand the ability of the digital mediums to gather data because the game is always data, right? So if you're a company that, that's gathering a lot of data, can create a lot of lists that people might want access to, that's where your value is, right? That's where mm-hmm. people, that's when people want to buy you, whatever, whatever it might be. That's where you might be able to stage your exits. Um, but just understanding like every channel has its, has its own special thing, but not one of them is ever going to be dominant um, in a solo position. In my opinion, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, that's that's crazy how you uh, describe uh, Clubhouse because that was like the 976 chat. That's when we were like in high school. It's it's a party line. It's exactly what it is. Uh, but I mean, you could get some good information here, some good speakers when they when they managing it right. But uh, I've gotten great uh, information. I, I'm, yeah. I'm talking about like just the delivery mechanism yeah. i think if you yeah. if you tap into the right people right conversations you can learn a lot of things absolutely so absolutely. I'm, absolutely i'm in total agreement with you about that totally yeah. looking forward to jumping in i got your invite chuck appreciate that oh yeah no problem man um uh you all you android users you know if you want to join yeah, the yeah. party you got fun. yeah you gotta hold on for a second you got cool as a convert now he came on team iphone and so oh, he came right. on like, yeah he converted yeah <laughs> That's right. Yeah. Moving on down with that Android in his cold dead fingers. <laughs> it's okay, man. Well, I got a question for you. So, um, you know, in terms of the entrepreneurs that you're working with now, because you're in your own space, I'm sure you might have some big box or some larger clients, but you also have startups, you know, like somebody we know is called. Um, what's your general advice for somebody that's looking to make the jump from, because like you were in large industry, and you went out, took your expertise and, you know, took your talents elsewhere to your own shop. What do you tell people or like, what's that advice or that, that jump, don't jump type discussion about, you know, getting out and putting your own shingle up? Ooh, um, there's a, it's a lot. You've right? got 30 seconds. <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> um, first, obviously, you know, like it's a roller coaster. In terms of the you know the good days and and the bad days, right? There's there's the amazing days, and then sometimes are the days where you're like, can I do this again tomorrow? So as much as you can save in advance of of doing that, and it sounds cliche, but it's real. Just from just from kind of just a mindset temperament perspective. Um, the other thing is that re- depending on what your business is, like for me, I can market all day, but I didn't really 
focus on or like, or just really give a lot of thought to the business of running Mm -hmm. a business. Right. Um, And so I, I called my accountant, you know, I thought I had what I needed, you know, had my, you know, had the business, I had the business incorporated for years prior to launching. So, you know, I did all those things. Um, but it's a thing, like it's two jobs. Like it's, it's, you know, your client base doing all of that, you know, servicing your clients. And then there's the administrative part. And so just really walking into it with that understanding that that's really important. In fact, I just launched um, an entrepreneurial boot camp for black women. Um, because black women actually are starting businesses at a faster rate than any other cohort, right? We're, we're starting all the businesses and our rate of success is far under any, any other cohort. Like our profit, like ridiculously, um, underserved. And that's really the gap there is the education gap, like uh, understanding. It could be understanding how to market your brand. It could be not understanding business finance. And so my goal, and I call it the Kalima Collective, and my goal with the Kalima Collective is to say, okay, ladies, like this is, these are the things that you need to know that you need to think about. And it's not necessarily like, you know, the, the tech founder women, although they would be, they would be welcome, but you know, we've got women out here who are entrepreneurs who are running, you know, hair salons, who are amazing photographers, who are, you know, have health and beauty care businesses. And just really having that conversation with them and helping to kind of change the frame through which they view their business. So we did our first cohort of 20 at the end of last year, and we're going to start up another one. And so we have 11 subject matter experts who teach a cohort, um, you know, once a week for two hours. And they teach, you know, they facilitate their session on legal, on finance. We have marketing, we have, you know, productivity, but just making, getting people in that mindset and so that would really be my biggest piece of advice is just understanding the business of running a business in addition to whatever your specialty area is. Yeah. Nice, nice. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so to kind of piggyback off, off what Carby said, right? So, I mean, first of all, congratulations on, on the business. I mean, I, I, you know, I love see entrepreneurship and I, I love Black Girl Magic, right? So, what what was a crossroad that made you say, you know what, I'm out of here. I have to do my own shop because, you know, as you know, most entrepreneurs, you know, we beat to a different drum because the world says, hey, security, security, security. Now you're going to leave the security to come into no man's land. Right. Supposed no man's land, but really the best thing you could ever do. But what click because that's a, that, i think that's very important because we got all this education education you know you go to these great schools and it locks you into structure 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 yep. mm-hmm. so now you over here what was the defining moment to make you say you know what i'm jumping off i got to do this i got pushed oh you got, got pushed push. so god pushed you god yeah. pushed me i got okay laid there off. you go okay. i got laid off um, okay i was at the boys and girls clubs of america i got laid off and um I was laid off in October, late October. So it was right at like homecoming weekend, y'all, was the weekend after my night. So you said, man, fuck it, I'm about to kick it for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and then first thing Monday. Let me tell you. Let me tell you. It was or wait, or Tuesday, day. actually. Tuesday. You need a day to rest. You yeah, you're talking about, you know, talking about last homecoming that we have, right? No, this was 2017. 2017, oh. yeah. Uh-huh. This was 2017. 
And, um, you know, I already had Monday off, so I obviously stayed on Monday anyway. Exactly. Any good homecoming mm-hmm. is off by Monday. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, so, yeah, I got pushed. So I got laid off and um, wasn't expecting it. And um, mm-hmm. so I had a job offer that I shouldn't have taken, but I had a job offer by the end of the year, right? So I started that, I started 2018 with a job. But I was, like, hustling because I, I was, like, what am I supposed to do? I, you know, I, I don't have a parent. My mom has passed. My dad has dementia. So, you know, I'm solo in this world, right? Yeah. What, am, what, am I, what am I going to do? So I was doing everything. I was consulting for a friend. I was working retail because I was like, I'm not going to be stuck out here. Like, I'm not going, you know, I didn't care. I just knew what I was not going to be. I took that job. I was miserable. So I didn't stay. And yeah. I didn't stay. And I realized inside of that job that like the energy that I got from like figuring it out, like creating a way, making a way for myself, like I was thriving and I didn't know it. Like I was, you know, I was moving in a place of fear, but I was growing all the while. So then when I got put back into a situation where I was like boxed in and and the environment was, was, you know, and every, every environment is not this, but the one that I went into was, the most <laughs> the most tight I was like this is not I went to um I went to Barcelona to see Beyonce and I flew home and I was like on the plane crying and I was like I don't cry like this like why am I crying and I was coming back to a situation that I was so unhappy with and I was like this is not how I'm supposed to live my life and yeah. and that's when I decided to do it yeah I have a saying you guys probably heard it before Fear. What does fear stand for, right? Two things, right? It could be face everything and run or face mm-hmm. everything and rise. That's you know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. So the latter, you yeah. did that. I like it. Yeah. I love it. I yeah. that. I love to hear them stories. Yeah. 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 It's, um, it's been an adventure. It's been an adventure, you know, and there's been hard times, but, you know, you have to, there's been time, even during Corona, because my clients are all small businesses, mm. right? And so they were like, um, well, you know, like, we don't know if we're going to open tomorrow. And mm-hmm. I've, all of my business has been referral, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's all been referral. And I was like, girl, you better go out there and find some business. Like, you know, yeah, like you, why you, you sit back and waiting for somebody? That's not how this works. But so you That's have right. to, as an entrepreneur, you have to like have those conversations and you have to be willing to hear those conversations so mm-hmm. it's it's been it's been an awesome journey you know hopefully it, it's one that will last if some amazing other opportunity comes and it's right for me and how I move you know that works too right so I'm just enjoying learning and growing and helping other people you know as a part of my journey which is a good segue now we want to get back to uh the cocksucker chief and this this bullshit he's uh, presiding over dude so just fast forward since the last time we talked about this, you know, we had the, the election. They had to certify the Electoral College. They tried to steal all of that. And then they came back after all these lawsuits were thrown out of court and all this other shit. Finally, their last stand was going to be a literal insurrection where <laughs> the cocksucker in chief invites, he holds a rally, invites everybody to this march. <laughs> million, you know, Trump, you know, so. Donald Trump's going to, you know, call off all, all his troops in for the MAGA march and basically said, hey, we're going to walk up this hill. We're going to take that shit over. We're going to turn this bitch around. And these fools did it. It's crazy. Um, yeah. 
And I mean, it's like nothing like we've ever seen before. This is supposed to be like a simply procedural type situation. They come in, like we've seen them all before. You know, the, the vice president comes in, gavels that shit out, and it's like, you know, bang and thanks. Dude, they actually were trying to turn this show over for real. And the scary part is, you know, we can get to the whole Black Lives Matter, like how the response was for Black Lives Matter versus the response for the MAGA crowd, because it was dramatically different. Um, it was a police state out there when Black Lives Matter was, on, was in D.C. These dudes came up there. They literally were taking down the fencing and letting them go right in. Shit is like insane. Um, but one, two things that, that stuck with me. Well, it's the same kind of vein. Nancy Pelosi and um, Jim Clyburn both said that their offices are not easily found. They said this ain't like exactly. you walk into a corporate yeah. office. You just look for the corner and you're going to find the boss, right? Their mm-hmm. shit is like a labyrinth and you, it's not easily found. They said people were right. They were sitting at the, the motherfucker had his feet on Nancy Pelosi's desk. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This shit was a, this, I believe she was an inside job. Bro. Oh, for sure. You know for what I'm sure. I agree. And I agree. I'm just wondering, and the scary part is, since, the, you know, like back to your earlier point, Malik, the Black Girl Magic in Georgia that put those two Democrats in the Senate, thus yes. swinging the Senate to Democratic control, now we're about to actually have a real investigation. So instead of what we've seen in the past, where it's just like, yeah, uh, what was that? Okay, nothing to see here. Thanks, moving on. They're actually going to see more yeah. people and hold people accountable, and there will I- be no more. Because, you know, everybody in the Trump administration was always like, well, yeah, I'm not coming. I'm not going to testify. Now, you're going to be compelled to testify. And, 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 you know, and then we have to see, wait till they release the videotapes that are in the, the cameras that recorded inside the Capitol. They haven't released oh, those. Man. Yeah. All the video footage that we're seeing right now is from people sending it in, making their little buck. Yeah. But yeah. we haven't, they haven't released the ones that were in the Capitol and they got cameras everywhere there. Yeah. So, Wait, so let's, yeah. let's think about that. Have you got well, hey, the Atlantic yeah. video? Go, sorry, go ahead. Mm-hmm. No, 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 go on, go on. What are you going to say? There was the video. No, I think it was the New Yorker. New Yorker. Was, we, I saw that. that. 12 minutes. That 12 minutes. When they had the prayer and all that yes. shit. Yes. Yeah. 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 That yeah. Thing yeah. Was, That's crazy. That, thing was that was crazy. That was crazy. Wait, huh? Here, Here's the two points about it being an inside job. You know, I'm back, I'm back up here in the DC area, and uh, they actually starting tomorrow, uh, closing off all of the bridges leading into DC tomorrow. So it's like three or four bridges that are leading in. So if you aren't in the city tomorrow, <laughs> you short until the, until the inauguration is done. To that point, though, you know they called up like twenty five thousand like national guards. And they yeah, are sure. doing an investigation and research and background on the 25 because of, of the intel that led to the fact that the uh, Capitol incident was inside. You know, they had members of law enforcement who were, in, in, you know, involved in that takeover, actually almost allowing people in, you know, like a, like a matador Olays, right? So it's it's... It's crazy. Well, no, back I mean, home. They know you got some DWIs. That's gonna be my new word, my new uh acronym for what I was saying earlier. You got some DWIs <laughs> in the National Guard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Since we all know what we're talking about. Right. You got some DWIs in the National Guard, they want to rule them out to make sure that they're not mm-hmm. there to just like, mm-hmm. you know, turn the guns or whatever, yeah. you know, on the uh, on the inauguration. But um, yeah. I guess you know, there was a couple of good things came out of this. 
we're going to see, like you were talking about before, Quasi, we're going to see a police presence for the inauguration like we've never seen before. Yeah. Um, any DWIs is getting out of line are going to probably get shot in the face. Okay, Carmen, you said so you, that's two. You about to say, what, what, was, what was the third thing that came out of this, in your opinion? Well, the, we had the, the police going to be shooting them DWIs in the face. And if they put that bastard off of Twitter and all the social media, that was the greatest thing ever. So think about it. This is my, So I got a buddy that's a high level in the army, right? Yep. So this was kind of bizarre to me, right? So so we they, the, the government has the intelligence that they have a big rally. They knew what the, the people were coming, right? So why didn't we staff up with the police? Why didn't we staff? Oh, I, 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 I can but but to think about it, hold, hold on, this is what he said. He said, dude, think about Donald Trump for a second. We I mean, we've thrown everything at this dude and nothing has stuck. Impeachment. Grab about the pussy. I mean, just all these racist terms this guy has done. The greatest thing for me that this happened, right? This is going to stick. Oh, this so, in, so, yeah. so, in some reason, I'm like, I'm looking at, I'm not a conspiracy guy. Like, we know what's about to go down. I'm like, okay, yeah, let, let's go and go. Dude, this is going to stick. You have, yeah. this has hadn't happened in 200 years. You are not getting out of this. Do you, no. think, well, do, you, no, do you guys think he's going to resign tomorrow and get no, to have no, pa- no. pardon no, by no. pardon with a pardon from Pence? He's going to no. try. He's going to try. I think if, if that, that, that might be his last. That might if that might be his last result. That if he if he does that tomorrow, I was thinking about that. Waking up to that tomorrow. Waking up to that. Hearing that. Why would Pence do that? They but but the thing about it is, I mean, Mike Pence should be all for impeachment, and he ain't. So Mike Pence, Mike yeah. Pence should want him out of the way forever, and Mike, Mike Pence, Pence can do that, and he's not. He's right? not. Mike Pence, he can yeah. vote for that, right? Like we can yeah. arrange that. We can arrange Mike that in two days. Is he's not, with that he's not, he is not going to resign. You can you can put money on that. That's even if it even he's if he's on stage to the very last minute. If he gets a dude, dude, you know the New York uh, district attorney's gonna come at. She's coming, dog. Oh, she's coming coming with so much. She's coming. She's coming. She's coming, baby. You're gonna see all that black girl magic. Hold on, I I got a question, guys. Hold on, I got a question. James is playing no games for your ass. Now, now, do y'all think that's good for the country? That she's coming for Donald Trump like that? I mean, killing the unity of the country. Is that a good thing? Listen, listen, listen. I mean, we're trying to heal. You sound like Ted Cruz on the Senate floor. We're not doing that. No, no, no. We're trying to heal the 7,500 Americans that voted for Donald Trump. We're trying to heal them, Cool. Do you think there will be unity? Let's say that cool heads prevail. Biden gives him a pardon and says, we're not doing no investigations. Everything's cool. They're gonna hate us just the same. It won't make any exactly. fucking difference. So put his punk ass in jail. What about yeah, the everybody got to get about, a lesson hey, What about everybody got to? What about they go to. low, we go high? What about that? No, Jill that don't work. Nah, justice is for everybody. <laughs> yeah, everybody <laughs> deserves. Everybody deserves repercussions and consequences. Everybody. Yes. Nobody should get from. a pass. I don't, it's not. I mean, consequences. Both. And he just like that, like Everybody. He does deserve yeah, man. It's just because he he's acting deserve. like a child. He's acting like a child, like a fucking ignorant ass child that has no common sense, man. Because I, if, you know what the first, if, if I was talking about, if I saw Donald Trump tomorrow, was got the chance to meet him, I would ask him this one particular question. Nigga, is you stupid? Are you stupid? <laughs> or am I stupid? 
Please. You know what? I'm just, I don't think it's stupid at all, bro. I think one of us got to be master. You actually, or me. I don't believe his opinion on this. I think actually he's a master marketer. Because I think Donald Trump looked at the, the, the landscape of America and said, all right, I got X number of people going to vote Republican, period, because they like low taxes and low regulations and they like, you know, conservative judges. And then Rush Limbaugh said, I think we talked about this before, after the autopsy that happened after the Mitt Romney loss, the Republicans went through and said, man, we got to increase our black vote, and our Hispanic vote. And Rush Limbaugh said, fuck all that. Instead of fucking with these niggas and these Mexicans, all we need is a 4% increase in white voter turnout and you got a Republican president. How do you get the white voter turnout up out of nowhere? You go get them DWIs. So once you dig up them out of them rocks and trailer parks, they come out and they vote. That's the base he could never he could never go against. That's just basic marketing to me. You know what I'm saying? Well, I feel like that's an insult to marketers, but he is a master opportunist. Mm-hmm. That's a better way of saying that's it. A, yeah, that's, that's a better, that's way, a better way. Yeah. 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 He, he's yeah. not strategic. He's he he was lucky. And by the way, I'm not cursing. This is not my he was Mitch McConnell's bitch, y'all. Right? So Mitch McConnell yeah. had his way with him. All that agenda oh God, stuff yeah. that Mitch Absolutely. McConnell was trying to get done. He used that dude. Now Mitch McConnell's he's a master chess player. That's the one you watch out for because now he's mm-hmm. like, Oh yeah, impeachment. He's he wants Donald Trump gone, which strategically I don't understand the rest of these fools that want to run in 24. He wants him gone. He wants him out of his way. He got his the judges that he wants. Now he's like, mm-hmm. ooh, they weren't masking up. Ooh, I don't believe in the insurrection. And he so he's gonna come out smelling like roses when he when he was the mastermind of all that stuff that went on. Mitch absolutely shit like I, a fucking shot of various. He fucking oh, shit masterfully. He did. He, I mean he, right, he, 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 he was smelling like a rose. Yeah. I mean, he just it just did an old school move. I mean, it was just he he played that chess and he played sure it well. Somewhere He's very evil. deep. He's yes. evil. I'd like to see oh, man. stinking somewhere in a fucking grave somewhere. Um, he really felt cold. Hey, man. You know, <laughs> it is, it is. I didn't say he needed to be assassinated. I said the man needed to be taken out for natural causes. <laughs> yeah, he. Ooh, you know, man. Mother Nature bring it on. Um, but, you know, I guess we could all agree the legacy of the cocksucker in chief was, uh, you know, just. Uh, it was disgraceful. It was a disgraceful yeah. chapter in American history. And um, after he takes a shit on the Resolute desk on his way out, you know, hopefully we'll never see his ass again. I hope they can actually get him in peace so he can never raise his head in politics again. And um, and he loses his pension, hopefully, and his uh, his travel stipend and his Secret Service uh, protection. Mm. So I have a question. Oh. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. No, go ahead. Yeah, that's, yeah. What do yeah. you all think is going to be the legacy of the Trump Family name. You know what? That's, that's a great question because you got to think be about toxic it. As hell. It's gonna be toxic. Toxic as hell. How, how long do you think it's gonna be toxic though? Because just think about this for a second. How do you guys feel about George Bush right now? What are your thoughts about George? You think of George Bush? What do you think about? Uh, I think uh, him in Obama school. Him in Obama school. See, okay, him in Obama school. Okay. Yeah. I so, think that George cool. Bush. George Bush, I thought had some bad policies. But I never he thought George Bush didn't guy. love America. Yeah. I didn't think he, he, did. yeah, he loved America. Everybody thought he was a good dude. He, yeah. yeah. He, he was but, a, but, he but, was but, but when he left yeah. office, hold up, hold up. Now, when he left office, they deemed him the worst prison ever in America. That's before history. Trump. Ain't nobody that's, that's coming back worse than Trump. Nobody. Hey, nobody. I just think. I George Bush did not get that designation until Trump got here because when Obama was president, nobody thought about Bush. 
good riddance. Yeah. Um, I mean, we were just like, we was like, okay. I mean, they had the torture, good. the Iraq war, you know, all that. Oh, yeah. yeah. People, <laughs> Bush tax cuts. I mean, we could but go. But he didn't try to overthrow the U.S. government. He wasn't trying to be a dictator. <laughs> But her question was not world. Donald Trump. It was it was the, the Trump kid, the kid's legacy, or Trump's legacy. Which one? Well, okay. Family tell you, right yeah, now. the kids. Family yeah, name. Okay. Right now, right now, right now, they're saying that people that have worked in the administration are having tough times finding jobs. They're yeah. trying to get these people on in different areas around the world, around the country. Shit, they having a tough time finding a job. The, the Trump brand is toxic. They just lost yeah. the damn uh, Bedminster PGA. Uh, yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, that's going to hurt the Trump, uh, Trump organization. They, they lost man. And then the large companies just stopped giving donations to the RNC, bro. Man, this so. that's really what got the fuck with uh, Mitch McConnell. Like, okay, okay, shit. Hey, ho, oh, hang on. Now. Yeah, <laughs> that corporate dollar. That yep. corporate dollar. When they I said that, y'all, when they cut that I bread, always tell I'm motherfuckers, so, yeah. freedom of speech is not free. You know what I'm saying? When, mm-hmm. uh, when Bill O'Reilly was talking all that shit, he lost his endorsements, and then Fox had to cut his ass. Bro, you can say whatever you fucking want to say, but the free market can decide what they want to do with your ass. Yeah, And they know how to shut your ass up. They hurt your pockets. And when they hurt your pockets... I also think is this, this bullshit, the, the way he targeted black voters so surgically in every area, it was a swing state. I think that also has elevated the cause of Black Lives Matter because now it's like, it's just like, that's why the fucking corporations backed off. They're like, bro, y'all doing too much, man. You know what I'm saying? You can't just say niggas can't vote. <laughs> okay. Got to disqualify yeah. all the votes. In the so, what do you think about like Atlanta. Ted Cruz and Josh Hawley? Oh. Like, what do you think's gonna? They're happen? done. They're done. Their political career is a wrap. They they tried to hang in there, and, and they're trying to ride it all the way out, but they're done uh, you know, as funny. politicians. You had two camps, right? You had the Cruz Hawley camp, then you had the Tom Cotton camp. Tom Cotton is equally <laughs> much. He's as That's big of a cocksucker as right. all of the rest of them. Right. He made a calculation to say, you know what? I'm going to stay out of this bullshit. Yeah, I'm going to stay out of my prey. Cruz and Hawley said, fuck this. I'm going all in for Trump. And Tom Cotton came out on top, and it's going right. to be a front runner in 2024. Yeah. But it's going to be real important. We got it. Thank you. 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 Thank you for coming on and listen. Uh, I'm so proud of you just getting on this entrepreneur thing. This ship is is the best thing. Trust me, like you've done all the all the peaks and all the valleys. You know, just how you grow as a person, landing the bed. Like, man, I'm gonna pay my bills, and then you get a client here, a client there. And so, what we want to do, we want to figure out a way. How can we support you more? You know, in in, in throwing bids. Hey, man, I'm about to sign the contract. This, yeah. You know, in the next couple of weeks, man. You know? Okay, so we we need to, we need we all need to, you know figure out how we can sign contracts. You know, you. how can we how can we invest in you, invest in your business to you know to see you flourish because you know your sister and and and, and your example is going to be impactful because even though God pushed you off, right. But still, you got off. You could have went back. Mm-hmm. You could you could yeah. not. You could avoid the, the, the you, you could avoid the the opportunity they gave you, right? But you 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 stuck to the script and you go stick to it. And I trust me, it's gonna be the best thing that ever happened to you in your life. Well said. Well said, Cool. Thank you. I, I totally agree you with that. I 
appreciate and it. All the entrepreneurs out there, DNA yeah. Marketing, Chelsea, get the, you know, get the thing up or whatever to put it up. That's right. DNA Marketing for all entrepreneurs. But, uh, <coughs> hey, again, Malika, we thank you for coming on. You're a fantastic guest. We appreciate your energy. Because, um, you know, people get tired of looking at us, you know, arguing and yelling off top of each other. So it was great to have you in. And have you Congratulations to y'all for, for this platform. It's amazing. It, it is. It's, it's Thank you very much. a great thing to see my dad. I grew up with my dad going on fishing trips with his boys every summer, same same weekend. Um, and I wished I had written a movie just about, you know, friendship, yeah. Black men and friendship, because it's special. I love that you all have video of this and of your relationship and having important conversations um, of this day so congratulations to each of you for doing this and thank you for letting thank me you thank you you like, see the outtakes you should see the shit that goes on after we start recording <laughs> <laughs> yeah this one this one gets real live boom we got this in the bag uh the house94.com the house94 podcast spotify apple youtube twitter ig all of that like subscribe follow us on facebook give us your feedback let us know how much you love us or how much you hate us <laughs> we got the experience. we don't get our feelings hurt so tell us what you like what you don't like what you want to hear about all of that again thanks for coming out Malika, thanks again for coming on the show, and uh, we out. Aye. <laughs> 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 <laughs>